Well, hello traders. It's Nicholas Puri here, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Duomo Trading Podcast, where we discuss all kinds of things about trading, my own experiences, my own thoughts about different things, lessons, all kinds of stuff. And I'm really happy to have you here with us. If you are tuning in, make sure you reach out on social media and let me know that you're listening. I would love to hear from you. It's sometimes, you know, it feels a little bit like a one-way street. Like I'm just talking to you and it's nice to get a bit of engagement and feedback and to hear from you as well. So if you are listening, reach out on social media. The one for the Duomo Initiative on Instagram or Twitter is at Duomo Initiative. And if you want to reach out to me personally, it's at Nikki Puri, which is N-I-K-I-P-U-R-I. So I look forward to hearing from you. Now, if you are already following us on social media, in particular the Duomo account, you may have seen this week that we put out an article about currency pegs. And we were saying that currency pegs are not a risk-free trade. And that's part of what I wanted to discuss in today's podcast, but it's connected to something else which I think is more relevant to most of you, which is about actually understanding the the riskiness of certain situations. So in a video we had out earlier in the week, which was all about how 5% of traders succeed and how they do manage to, to succeed, someone in the comment section was talking about how they've made x percent return over the last few weeks it was like 25 percent return or something like that simply by having like a stop loss at 0.2 pips and a take profit at two pips and they're just opening trades now that may work for a short amount of time and people may think that that sounds fantastic but eventually it's not going to work anymore. And when you have situations like that, you're really exposing yourself to a huge amount of risk without even realizing you're doing it. And I know that loads of people do this. In fact, I've even done it myself. You see, there's this common thing, like when you first start learning to trade, you do all kinds of calculations. I don't know about you, but when I first started learning, then I was like married to the spreadsheet, right? Microsoft Excel was my boy. That was my homie because when I went on to Microsoft Excel, I could do all kinds of extrapolations and look at all different variations of if I risk this much for this trade, if I go, what if I do 10% per trade? Hey, what happens if I do a thousand trades of just banking two pips each time, but compounding the, the amount that's being used? And you get to these crazy figures and you think to yourself, you know what, if I just do this, which I managed to do today, every day for the next year, I'm going to be a multi-millionaire starting with a thousand pounds or a hundred pounds. And of course, on paper, it looks fantastic. But in real life, when you're actually executing that, it doesn't quite go the same way. Now, one of the reasons it doesn't go the same way is because it's very difficult for people to stay that consistent. And if you don't have a sense of what the probabilities are of what you're doing, or you know what could end up happening, then it's very unlikely that you'll be able to maintain whatever performance you've had in the short term that's encouraging you to do that, to go through with that plan. And by the way, like I'm, I'm not teaching this like I'm not stupid enough to do it because I've done it. I've told you I've, I used to go on Microsoft Excel and extrapolate all the figures, but also I roped other people into doing it as well because I went and spoke to my mum. Like We're talking over a decade ago now, but I spoke to my mum and showed her the figures and I said, I'm sure I can do this. And I even took on some of her money, which I ended up having to pay back when inevitably it was lost. But I was literally in that situation as well. Like You don't necessarily see all of the different factors at play that could go wrong for you. Now, that sort of situation, I think, is similar to the expression of picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. 
You see, you could be quite happily picking up those pennies for a while, taking those two pips, take profits all the time until eventually that steamroller comes and wipes you out. Now, what could that be in a situation where you've got a 0.2 pip stop loss and a two pip take profit? I mean, your stop loss is there to protect you, isn't it? Well, it could be that there's slippage. Think about it this way, right? You're going to lose some trades at a 0.2 pips. Let's say that is it's going to definitely be asymmetric against you like in terms of the wins to losses so let's say that out of 10 trades you're losing seven of them and you're gaining on three of them okay that's a good profit for a while like obviously some of the losses are taken away from the profits you're making but overall you're going to be up but what happens if there's slippage what happens if there's a sudden unexpected news release you know, Trump tweets something, someone in the ECB farts and the market moves 30 pips and you don't get your stop loss triggered and that's slippage, right? What happens? That 30 pips that you're in lost then, it's not just one trade, it's not two trades, it's not a whole day of trading. What you've lost is like months of progress and this can happen very often. I mean, what happens if there's a flash crash? What happens if there's something completely unexpected or you forget to put a stop loss and you end up losing 100 pips? Like, even if this thing was going to work for the long term, it's picking up pennies in front of a steamroller, because eventually that steamroller is going to wipe you out, or wipe out a big amount of profit, and then you've got to keep, you know, slogging away for a long, long time to get back to where you were. This is where the topic of currency pegs enters into this discussion. You see, unless you've been living under a rock, you may have noticed that there are some big events happening in Hong Kong at the moment. Now, I don't want to start talking about politics, so instead we're going to sidestep that and just say that as a trader, you may decide that you want to capitalise on these things. You know, there's lots of huge political events going on around the world at the moment and lots of traders are capitalising on them. So you may choose that you want to capitalise on the situation in Hong Kong. So you might take a look at US dollar to Hong Kong dollar and notice that it's heading back towards the upper end of its range. Now, if you know about the Hong Kong dollar, you may already know that it's pegged to the US dollar and it's allowed to fluctuate within the band of 7.75 and 7.85, which would explain the sort of range and the price action that we're seeing. And the fact that it's pushing back up there, you might think to yourself, well, if it's pegged within that band, then this is a low risk trade because I can go short this currency pair from closer to 7.85 and it's not gonna push above that. So it's low risk, potentially high return. And that's what I was seeing from a lot of traders on social media and on social trading platforms where people are sharing their trades and saying this is a low risk trade and people jump on the bandwagon with this. We've seen it with the vol trade that, you know, short vol that was going on for a while until that blew up. People like picking up pennies in front of a steamroller because these traders are going to end up getting small amounts of profit, relatively speaking. But what happens if the peg is no longer in play? What if they stop pegging to the US dollar? Well, these traders are going to be absolutely slaughtered. That will be the steamroller that, bang, takes them out. It will be like a compressed spring that's finally released and it will fly. And we've seen it happen. It was only a few years ago, back in 2015, that the Swiss franc was no longer pegging the euro. Now, lots of traders thought this was a low-risk situation to be trading. And in fact, I think it was just the day before or a couple of days before that the Swiss National Bank had suggested that they would maintain the peg. And then suddenly, the peg was removed without warning and the Swiss franc smashed through the ceiling. 
So even now we're still see like you can still see on the charts the repercussions of what happened. But basically, a lot of traders lost a lot of money. We see in figures where with retail traders, the losses may have even been up to like billions of pounds or billions of dollars. You know, FXCM, Interactive Brokers, City, Deutsche Bank, Barclays collectively lost around 500 million pounds. A big retail broker, IG, lost 30 million pounds because they were unable to sell their positions. Alpari, a broker at the time, were not properly hedged and they went out of business. And 200 of IG's customers, their clients, owed a collective 18.4 million pounds. Owed. Okay, they owed that money. That wasn't just losses. It was money that they owed the broker. Because in those sorts of situations, your stop loss is not going to get triggered. Because there's no one to fill the other side of that trade for you. So you end up with slippage. And in this case, slippage was huge. There were even stories of people having to sell their houses to cover the amounts that were owed. There were people that just, you know, put on a trade expecting to make a small amount of money, just, you know, picking up the pennies, went to the toilet, came back and saw they were suddenly in debt for 30 grand. Like, it's not a situation you want to be in. So it's this whole situation of not seeing the risks that are just lurking around the corner but aren't so obvious at that point in time. So just because you're able to consistently make a certain percentage return by only risking 0.2 to get two pips, well, first of all, you're paying a spread. Now, I think of a spread like being a tax on my trades. If you're, the amount of profit you're going to take on a trade is not big, big enough, then the percentage that that spread accounts for in terms of the overall trade is going to be much bigger. Like imagine your, your spread is one pip and you take one pip profit, okay? You need to get a pip above that spread, which means that actually the price moved in your favor two pips. Half of that is going to the spread, which means that you've got a 50% tax on that trade. Now, the more profit you get in terms of pips, that spread's going to account for a smaller and smaller percentage. But what sort of situation do you want to be in where your, your cost, your transaction costs, are such a big percentage of what you're earning? And we're not even talking about the amount you actually have to give to tax after that. That's a whole different situation. So that's one point, is that the spread's going to eat up some of that profit or the transaction costs. You need a bigger amount per trade that you're banking. Then there's the risk that you don't see, but is always lurking there. There's the risk that you get smaller slippage that wipes out a lot of what you're doing. And then there's the risk of the bigger, much larger slippage that's going to completely destroy your account. This is also the danger of using leverage. I know some people like to go and find the brokers that are offering like 500 to 1 leverage or something and completely overexpose themselves on every single trade because they think to themselves, well, I'm just going to put enough into that account that is, you know, is okay for that trade. If I get burnt out of that account goes and they have to close out the positions, then it's fine. But what they don't think is, what if that currency peril, whatever they're trading, moves so quickly that they don't even get closed out at zero? What happens if they lose more? Of course, there's protection now on some accounts in the EU because of the ESMA changes. But what about people that are trying to avoid those so that they can still use leverage? You know, you have to think about these bigger risks because it's all fun and games picking up those pennies until the day the steamroller comes and then you're going to regret it. And looking at probabilities, there's always a chance that that can happen.
So this is why risk management goes beyond stop losses. It goes beyond percentage at risk. It's more about looking at the overall situation. Are there bigger risks here that you're not taking into account in a proportional way? Are you just ignoring things because it makes a trade look better so that you can actually enter that trade now and feel comfortable doing so? You know, it's an interesting one to consider. So let me know what your thoughts are. Reach out on social media. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, if you want more of them, then please do take a moment to leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you're using. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss them. And I will personally be reading those reviews. So I really appreciate it when they come in. I know that at the moment, these podcasts are a little bit unstructured, but I'm kind of enjoying just sitting down and talking about a topic. If you would like me to go in a particular direction with this, more interviews, more structured lessons, whatever, let us know and I will cater for that as well. So guys, really appreciate you listening. If you're listening on a Friday, then make sure you have a great weekend and I'll speak to you in the next one. Take care.